Corey Hybee, Chris Harrington, and Aaron Courtney, three broads, bringing you stories and strategies exploring manufacturing topics that challenge the status quo while laying the foundations for future success. Together with special guests, they'll celebrate what's working and unpack what is not so you can learn, grow, and succeed. You want to learn more about your hosts? Make sure to listen to episode one. with the weather today i gotta know i thought we would get to the weather and sorry for people that are somewhere that has great weather i know you're used to us midwesterners always whining about our weather but come on already <laughs> we're in early april and we've got snow on the ground yeah we just want to see the sun please sun although i was just in the bahamas and had a whole week of oh sun, and that was amazing so oh i'm kind of Filled that filled my cup a little bit for a bit. <laughs> uh, did you have a drink with an umbrella in it? I had lots of. I hope you had <laughs> for all of us. Yep, yes. Yep. <laughs> oh, it was a great trip. Yeah. Oh, welcome back. Welcome back to this gorgeous weather. Thank yeah. you. So, should we get started, ladies? Yeah. Yeah. Let's well, do this. We have a fantastic guest today, and I'm so excited to introduce her to everybody. So Sarah Barnes Humphrey is here. Um, Sarah is a logistics and supply chain expert. Uh, She's passionate about collaboration, transparency, diversity, and doing better business. She's the host of the popular podcast, Let's Talk Supply Chain. And I know we're going to talk about that today. And uh, she's here with us today to share some of her knowledge and insights. So welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, you said in the introduction, three broads, and I don't know if you guys know this, but I started Let's Talk Supply Chain calling it Two Babes Talk Supply Chain. So (laughs) we definitely have some of similar mindsets here. (laughs) Ah, There we go. We have a natural connection. (laughs) Broads and babes. (laughs) Meant to be, meant to be. Well, I know that we have a big topic today, supply chain. It's so, uh, it's in the news, you know, we talk about shortages, we talk about labor constraints, there's costs are rising, there's just so much going on. And it feels like supply chain, you know, professionals really haven't had a break, Sarah. They're just, there's been no relief for them if we look past the many months and and now we're in 2022 and there's been a lot of speculation. Is it going to get better? I guess as we get started here, do you have a message for the supply chain professionals that might be listening today? Yeah. And it's so important, right? What you said about the fact that we have not had any relief or, you know, supply chain professionals, supply chains in general, haven't had the relief that we need. It's sort of been one disruption after another. And, you know, I have multiple friends in the industry who are supply chain professionals And throughout the pandemic, actually, I checked on a lot of supply chain leaders because what was happening is that they were checking on their people 
Um, but the people above them weren't necessarily checking up on them. And I think we're going to talk about this a little bit later on in the um, interview, but people are at the heart of supply chain. People are at the heart of this industry. And we've got to really, and I started throughout the pandemic, a buddy check that I was doing every Friday to just encourage people mm. to tag people in the industry to say, hey, how are you doing? Hey, I'm thinking about you. Hey, mm. I'm just checking in. Um, and it was really important. And it's still important to this day for us to be able to check in on each other and provide each other with a safe space to vent because they might not be able to vent within their current environment. And there are a lot of challenges, you know, and some people thrive on it, right? That's why we're in supply chain. We're natural problem solvers and right. gets, a, gets us going, gets us excited. But then there's also the mental challenges around having to do that day after day and shifting and pivoting. And uh, so really, really important to check up on each other, check in on ourselves, gives our, give ourselves some grace, give others grace um, for what we're going through. And, you know, hopefully we're going to see some relief because supply chains, not just the people, but supply chains need a chance to be able to have some relief from all of this disruption. Yeah, that is just such great advice. And I love the idea of a buddy check. I think I'm going to start utilizing that myself um, because, you know, even for those of us that aren't in supply chain, there's just a lot going on in the world right now. And I think we could all use a buddy check. So thank you for that. Yeah, I, I think that. I'm gonna I think I'm gonna resurrect it. <laughs> I think it's really important for me to resurrect that on a Friday because I was doing the post on LinkedIn. So yeah, sure. we'll see. Yeah, yeah, we could all use a good buddy. And I, I think that's what um, for like this show, for example, emerged because we just found from one another that support network that is so vital to getting your job done. And I would imagine in a supply chain environment where all eyes are on you to move things ahead so that we can solve all the problems that those relationships, maybe the supply chain is people, but maybe the supply chain is also the relationships and the stronger those relationships are, the stronger the supply chain is. Can you tell us something about those relationships? It's like, draw a picture for us, for those of us not daily in the supply chain world. Yeah. I mean, if you think about supply chain, right, it starts out with sourcing right? So there's sourcing, there's purchasing or procurement, uh, then there's manufacturing, then you're moving the goods either by air, by truck, by ocean, mm -hmm. then they go into a warehouse for distribution. Um, and then they are out for delivery, either to a retail location or to a consumer's door. So if you think about the supply chain as it is, and how many people... <laughs> are along the way of that chain and how many people are involved just to get one package to your door. Um, relationships do matter. I was recently at TPM um, and there the mantra of the conference was relationships matter. And it was bringing people oh, wow. back cool. together, right? Bringing mm -hmm. people back together, bringing people back to in-person okay. to really kick-starting those relationships again. We've kept some relationships going through Zoom and different things like that, 
but the relationships really matter to a successful supply chain. And when you think about, you know, some of the other things that we're thinking about in supply chain as well, which is diversity and inclusion and sustainability, relationships matter for those to be executed and for us to all come together and collaborate, which I always say collaboration is the future of business. <laughs> and for those uh, audio only, I have a sign behind me and that's what I'm pointing to. Um, and so that collaboration, that relationship is really important for successful supply chains, successful businesses, um, and successful professional and personal life as well. Great. Oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> collaboration <laughs> is the future of business. It's worth yeah, repeating. I, I just typed that down, actually. <laughs> I love that statement. This could be the name of the episode, actually. I feel like. <laughs> there you go. I like that too. I was just thinking, um, you know, because we are recording this in second quarter of 2022, and uh, there are so many relevant topics we could talk about, but what, what are the pain points you're seeing right now? And I guess if there's any resources for supply chainers to, to have to kind of help them with those pain points, any ideas on that, Sarah? That's a really loaded question because there are a lot. Um, <laughs> you know, I talked to some of my supply chain professional friends um, and we talk about some of the challenges that they're having. Some of the challenges are that pre-pandemic, you know, their KPIs were at 100% and now they're at 50 or 75 if they're mm -hmm. lucky. And, you know, up, upper management is kind of like, what are you doing? What are you doing wrong? And just, you know, sometimes not having that support of really mm. understanding what they're going through on a daily basis and that they're actually doing what they need to do, but there's so many other forces that they're dealing with mm -hmm. um, that need to be accounted in that equation. Um, mm. So that's a really big pain point is really the empathy, the grace, the support um, within an organization mm. for your supply chain teams. Yeah. I think the other one is the great resignation. I mean, listen, there are people leaving jobs on a regular basis. There are people taking jobs and then leaving jobs, mm. um, you know, trying to find that talent um, and for the talent to try to find the right organization to work with. Um, having a hybrid approach is very difficult when you're bringing in new staff members, yeah. right? Because sometimes you're in the office, sometimes you're not, they might not feel supported right away. And so you have to work through all of that to keep them in the position um, that they've, they've been hired for sometimes. So there's a lot of there's a lot of people management. So there's not mm -hmm. only mindset management, there's people management. Um, and from a supply chain perspective, it's sort of like, what are we doing, right? Yeah. Where are we going to spend our supply chain risk dollars? And so a lot of companies are taking a look at what that means to them. Mm -hmm. Are we manufacturing, do, where do we source raw materials? Are we manufacturing finished product? Are we going to continue where we're manufacturing finished product? Or is there another solution for us? Because there's a lot of risk dollars spent in uh, manufacturing in China versus manufacturing locally. But there's also risk dollars there as well. And so where do we want to spend those? What does that mean to our supply chains? What does that mean to our business? Are we going to invest in AI, machine learning, robotics to be able to do it more closer to home? 
potentially, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. that would offset labor costs. So there's a lot of things, you know, mm -hmm. being discussed. Um, and like you said, there hasn't been any relief. And so they're kind of being pulled in all sorts of different directions. Mm -hmm. And that's a very difficult place to be to keep supply chains running smoothly, but then mm -hmm. also thinking about what's our next move and what's sort of the, the future of our supply chains within this business. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I would definitely um, say that your programs have been a resource for people because you have conversations. It's probably therapy for many people just to listen and to have a place to go to, to hear other professionals talking about it. I also um, know on a recent one of your shows, you had somebody that is in the sourcing industry to help, you know, so, uh, you know, if they want to outsource some of their supply chain to others, there are companies out there that can help, uh, you know, take some of the relief. And I, I think those are things that maybe in the past, you know, you didn't think about that in your procurement areas or some other areas of the business, but now, you know, with the great resignation and some of the other things happening, those are real opportunities and maybe things that people need to be looking at. Yeah, that's a great point. I'm so glad that you brought that up. So a lot of our podcasts are really geared towards companies within supply chain and what they're doing. So we talk about their culture. So if you're looking for a new place to work, you know, you should listen to those episodes just to see what they're doing and if it resonates with you. But they also come on and talk about what they do. So one of the challenges supply chain professionals have is I want to make changes. I want to implement technology or I want to look for a new provider. But where do I go? Well, one of those resources is our podcast because you can listen to it in your own time and find out whether that's the, the solution for you without going through their sales process mm -hmm. and then reaching out to them when, it, when you know that it's something that, that you want to do. And so that's what we've really done with our podcast. So the podcast is very different from others on, uh, out there because it's, it's thought leadership, but it's also very focused on who's out there to help you and what is out there to help you and why you would want to work with them and things like that. Yeah. And then question. also, oh, sorry. yeah, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I wanted to dive into the podcast a little bit further. Cause, um, just from initial concept of your podcast to where it is today, like, what does that evolution look like? Cause I know, um, as we talked before the show, you know, I've got my, we're around the same spat, like four years, 300 something episodes, um, which congrats on that. That's amazing. Um, but I know, I mean, it's just a weird, crazy evolution that happens and it's like far exceeded my expectations. And I, I want to hear from your perspective, how, how, you know, initial concept, how it's evolved and really how it's made an impact in the world of supply chain. Yeah. Thank you for that. I mean, when I started <laughs> and I told people I had a podcast, I mean, the looks, I don't know about you, but the looks that I got were like, are you crazy? But um, one of the reasons why I started it was because my um, dad, uh, we had a family business. It was a freight forwarding business. And one of the things that we needed to do was really be able to tell our brand story. And I was listening to a lot of podcasts at the time. And if anybody knows who Lewis Howes is, I was like, well, if Lewis Howes can have a podcast, why can't Sarah Barnes Humphrey? And he's got millions of downloads. Like I'm not even close to that. But um, it was kind of like, yeah, you know, why, why not? And so I asked a gentleman from my customs department to be my co-host. And really it just, it started out around conversation, but also to be able to uh, provide the industry with a place to go to find out who's out there 
who they can work with. And mm -hmm. so it's kind of stayed the same since. Um, and we've kind of stuck to uh, what we, why we started it, right? Um, the initial name of the podcast was Two Babes Talk Supply Chain, tongue in cheek. I mean, back then, marketing and supply chain, I mean... Let's not even go there. But I wanted to push the boundaries of the industry. And that's why we called it Two Babes Talk Supply Chain, because I had a guy and a girl and it was kind of funny. That's very um, funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh, but the story goes that in the fall of 2017, my dad ended up closing his doors and I was out on my butt. Oh. I didn't have a team. I lost mm. my co-host. Like, and mm. I had I had companies paying to come on the show at that point. Mm. And I was like, I got to keep this going. Yeah. Like people are depending on me. And so I had to yeah. learn graphic design, social media, website design, like you name it. And then uh, January, 2018, I decided to start the Women in Supply Chain series. And that was really just because I wanted to hear their stories. I wanted mm -hmm. to hear how they got into supply chain and what that journey looked like. Um, but by April, 2018, no women would come on a show called Two Babes Talk Supply Chain. Oh, okay. So I rebranded it to Let's Talk Supply Chain within a week, which was the craziest week of my life. Um, but we've continued on that journey. So one podcast a month is dedicated to women in supply chain. We also do a blog every month as well. So we can feature 24 women uh, a year. And then the rest of the month, uh, which are weekly episodes, are dedicated to companies within the industry, dedicated to providing information that supply chainers can use to make decisions within their business and their supply chains um, around vendors and technology and, and to get educated. But I've also, um, I also hear from a lot of people that just come into the industry that they love listening to the podcast and that's how they learn about the industry and the different aspects and who's out there and why and, and things like that. So it's kind of, it's been an evolution uh, from a name perspective um, but we've really stuck true to what we started, uh, to do. Um, but also my vision was also to create this platform so that other, I could give others a voice. And that started with the women in supply chain that started with having companies on the show. And it's really just evolved from there because we now have, uh, people, supply chainers and companies hosting their own shows across our platform. And so now we're starting to see that vision sort of come to life as well. Very cool. How has the whole, now that everybody hears about supply chain almost on a daily basis, maybe multiple times a day, how has that impacted your, your podcasting experience? Do you have different listeners? Do you have different topics? Has it at all impacted your, your podcast? Um, it's been lovely. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, let's be honest here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so from the podcast standpoint, we're still sticking to, to that. But what the live stream has done for us is really been able to tap into other conversations and re be able to have other conversations. And so our lives, my live stream show is called Thoughts and Coffee. It's weekly on a Tuesday morning. And I've had consumers come in through our YouTube Ooh. channel and be like, I'm here because I want to know why my, okay. my package is delayed. And okay. I want to understand what that actually means for sure. me. Right. Oh, um, uh -huh. the, uh, it's also extended into opportunities. Like I was just recently on BBC um, and cool. talking about kind of like the trucker strike and different things like that. And so 
what the pandemic did was really transition supply chain into the digital world from a digital media perspective and really shone a light on those conversations. And then now that supply chain is just being used so much more, there's a lot more curiosity. People are Mm -hmm. really understanding what it actually means to them personally. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas they didn't really like the package showed up at my door and not, I feel like, like e-commerce grew like 300% over the pandemic Mm -hmm. and like so many more people decided to start buying online. And so, you know, it's that innate curiosity that we have as human beings that are just sort of like, well, how does that magic happen? Yeah. Yeah. And do you see that going forward? Like there's this talk about the supply chain will be solved. Like we, the, on the horizon, it's going to go back to the background and we're all going to be good. And you supply <laughs> chain people are going to get it all figured out. Who said What's, that? <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's what. <laughs> that's the debate. <laughs> so tell us about your crystal ball. What do you see? Once this all gets resolved, or is it going to? Yeah. Well, the crystal ball is kind of fun. Um, I don't have one. Uh, no. I can just sort of go by what I'm hearing and maybe what I'm thinking. <laughs> no, but, um, you know, Costco, one of the biggest indicators for me late last year was that Costco had chartered three vessels until the end of 2022. So to me, that's an indication that they're like, this isn't going anywhere. Uh, and we need to protect ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. So that was a clear indication. I think the other part of it is that we do need to see some relief. And until we do see some relief, I don't know. I, I don't know how it can change. I don't think we're ever going to revert back to pre-pandemic. We are now in the new normal. It's our normal, right? Yeah. I think you know yeah. rates will will come down, but I don't think we're going to see pre-pandemic levels again. Um, And I think people are thinking about things differently. And so to me, if we're thinking about things differently and we're entertaining innovation from a new angle and we're, we're changing up the conversations, we're bringing in new perspectives, um, you know, mindsets have really shifted. And so it's, it's a real exciting time to be in supply chain. Do I know where it's going to go? No. Do I think it's just going to reset and go back? Absolutely not. Okay. Um, I, but it's exciting to see what that's going to look like. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so interesting. It's like this background player that turned into a central character, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. You know what? Supply chain is a competitive advantage for any business. And Ooh. they're really... Um, they're really understanding that now, right? Because they're feeling the pain. They're feeling it at the bottom line. And they're like, how do we do this? How do we do this better? How do we make it a competitive advantage? Um, and they can totally do that. And there's tons of ways to do that. And like I said, you know, it's really just a matter of those conversations. And what I think we went with before is what works for everybody works for everybody. And now, you know, even in our personal lives, right, we always thought that medicine was good for everybody, or we sort of blanket everybody together in a particular category. And now we're looking at ourselves holistically and being like, oh, what works for you doesn't work for me. And that's okay. And I think we're starting to see that in supply chains as well. And so I think we're just going to see innovation, new conversation. um, And that's why it's so exciting. Oh, I love all of that competitive advantage. 
the opportunity is there. It's great. Um, Erin, did you have one final question before we move into our next segment for Sarah? Yeah, so I, I have so many questions, but we have all day. Um, uh, one thing that struck me when we were talking about relationships and supply chain and supply chain is people. Um, there's this other issue that has come to the fore, which is um, just so employee satisfaction, the great resignation, etc. cetera. Um, if relationships are so fundamental to supply chain and people are so fundamental to supply chain, I would imagine that employee retention is critical. That is important for every business, especially supply chain. And this is going to sound like a leap, but you'll find out where I'm going. You've been such an amazing ally and such an advocate for DEI. And I can only expect the DEI and um, just being better stewards of our staff and the diversity of our staff is good for employee retention. And am I on to something there? And is that, tell tell me about that. Tell me about your DEI work that you've done, how it is helping the supply chain through just better employee experience. Thank you so much for, you know, letting me talk about it because diversity and inclusion is definitely a passion of mine. Um, And it's something that's not only important to supply chain, but I think important to business and industry in general. And you talk about employee retention. Well, you've got to get them in the front door first. And the next generation is saying diversity and inclusion is a must have and not a nice to have anymore. And so if we're looking for that next generation of perspective and innovation and and things like that, it definitely needs to be something at the forefront. So when I started the Woman in Supply Chain series, it was about providing that platform and, and being able to hear the stories, because at the end of the day, that's how we learn, right? Stories um, sell, facts tell, right? And so when we're listening to a story, regardless of whether we're a woman or a girl or a male listening to it, we can really gain a new understanding and perspective from listening to somebody and listening to their journey and their stories. And so I wanted, because diversity and inclusion is way more than just gender. And so February 2020, (laughs) I put out on my live stream, I was like, I'm going to expand my diversity and inclusion. And I had no idea what I was going to do. And by, you know, April or May, people were asking me, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? When is it coming out? When is it coming out? And I, was, I still didn't know what I was going to do. Um, I sort of speak things into, into existence sometimes. And so July 2020, um, I had this idea to do like a red table talk, but for podcasts and about diversity and inclusion. So on a monthly basis, we've got a blended podcast Um, And I bring five different people from different walks of life together to talk about diversity and inclusion within the workplace. And they share perspectives, they share stories. I'm a little biased, but I feel like magic happens in every single episode. Um, We've got, when we click the stop recording button, I've had people tell me, thank you, you know, because I feel heard today. Uh, I've had a person of color who's a woman uh, in my ageism episode, once we were done recording, tell a white Um, middle-aged man, thank you so much for sharing your perspective. Mm -hmm. And so that is the magic that can happen around creating safe spaces and having these types of conversations. 
And through my work on the Blended podcast, I wanted to do more. Um, and so we extended that into the Blended uh, Pledge October 2021, because one of the biggest barriers to seeing diverse voices on stages is travel. Because organizations can only support so much. And most of the time, they're, they're supporting the sales side of the organization, the upper management, the C-suite, that kind of thing, to going to conferences, to speaking on industry stages. And I think now we want to hear from everybody. Um, but to get a diverse voice to the stage, there needs to be support. There needs to be collaboration from a number of different people. And one of the biggest barriers is that they have to pay out of their pocket for travel, which they might not be able to do. And so they say no to speaking engagements. And mm -hmm. so we are now putting together grants to cover travel so that more diverse voices can say yes, and we can see a visual change on industry stages. And so we've got a GoFundMe for individuals to join us to make an impact, but we're also um, providing exclusive grants to corporations so that we can uh, tie the grants to applications within their specific industry. They're doing external DEI initiatives because a lot of organizations just focus on internal, but we definitely need some external and that's what your, that's what your um, organizations, the people within your organizations are looking for. They're looking for that inspiration. They're looking to see diverse voices. They're looking to see themselves on stages so that they know that it's possible. And so that's kind of my evolution. And I know that was very long-winded. Um, <laughs> that's great. But it, that's, awesome. that's what we're doing. We're making tangible change uh, within diversity and inclusion. And I'm so proud of it. Like, honestly, I didn't know where this was going to go. Um, yeah. It's been a lot of fun. That sounds that's, amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, You're doing that's great terrific. Work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. And thanks for all the podcasts. There's so much good content for us to learn and grow from. Yeah. And I particularly enjoy the blended format with the different guests. And I mean, like, I'm, it's so cool. Like, you know, you have these people who are in these leadership positions with just these amazing backgrounds. And it really bucks the notion of, you know, just your typical expectation of a white male is running the business world and then you listen to blend and you're like there is diversity there and like you said we just need to see it and you're mm -hmm. helping make that happen so thank you thank you it's so mm -hmm. much fun I I don't know I, like I said magic happens all the time and just hearing from from different perspectives um I've had some people who are like I need to know who's on the show before I come on and I'm like absolutely not that's not the point of blended mm -hmm. so if you need to vet the people before you come on you're not for me and you're not for blended <laughs> you gotta come you. on with an open mind that is great. Yeah. yeah I think that's fantastic no so good so good you're just uh gem dropping galore <laughs> I could just sit here and listen I think we're all listening to you just uh, share your stories and it's wonderful um I know we want to move into our next segment which is always fun for us and that is we're going to finish the sentence I just learned that um so I'll start with you Lori what did you just learn Ooh, well um I, I'm gonna keep it simple and then expand on it I just learned that things are opening up. So that's very general statement. And it's a, you know, positive thing to be seen, but um, there's, there's data behind this. And I am a big fan of following what's happening on Google trends and just seeing, you know, the search, how people are searching, what are the trends around that? 
Um, and they just published an article not too long ago that um, globally, there's an increase in people booking travel or searching for travel ideas. Um, and even if they're not necessarily ready to travel yet, they're looking at, uh, you know, what are some classes that I can do? Where's, you know, an arcade near me or just looking for things outside of the home. So that's just really heartwarming to me. And not just from a, a personal level, but I mean, that tells me that business is going to start opening up and it's going to help improve um, overall, you know, the economy, the world, um, slowly getting back to normal, if that is ever a thing that's even going to happen again. But, um, <laughs> New normal. you know, do I dare <laughs> say that? Um, whatever that is, yes. But it's just, you know, we, we've heard this, but to have data behind that is is um, a positive feeling. Yeah, awesome. I, I love to piggyback on that with my, I, I just learned that because um, I went out to an event last night for the first time oh. in person for, you know, there just haven't been a lot that are available. We had a mm -hmm. local MMAC event that was at uh, the Bucyrus Club, which is where I kicked yeah. off really my true manufacturing professional career. And uh, when I had walked in, they had a beautiful museum, this, you know, Lori, I know you've been there, mm -hmm. you posted yep. some pictures, and I took some pictures yesterday when I was there, but the opportunity to be with other people, and then the nostalgia of having worked for this company that was over 125 mm -hmm. years, a manufacturer in the city of Milwaukee, and just all the memories I had, and the people that I was reacquainted with, and I just learned that it passed 20 years that uh, I've been in truly the manufacturing space and, and talking about it. And I, it was like a aha moment for me yesterday because they had asked me to write down in the book, they had some missing names of titles, what their start date is and what their employee number was. So I had to reflect on and, and fill it out in the book. And I was like, oh my goodness, it's been 20 years. So awesome. uh, it was just a, a real interesting thing for me to have to go through that. But yes, opening up, being in person, uh, having that you know opportunity to, to talk to others in the community. I just so enjoyed it. I'm a little tired today, but that's okay. It was totally <laughs> worth it. I talked so much that I was having a liquid uh, liquid diet kind of networking drinks. it was mm -hmm. over. I was like, I'm starving. I better get some food in this body. <laughs> it's a good sign when you're having so much fun, you forget to eat. Yes. Maybe you still need to do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. So I just learned mine is a huge departure. I don't even know how to make a good segue. It has nothing to do with either of those things. Okay. Um, my kids today are performing in, they're going to do a, a Bollywood dance in their school. They're doing like international oh, dance awesome. learning. Love and so that. they're going to do it and we get to watch it on zoom, which is like, it's interesting because like, that's cool. The grandparents can watch it. They live, you know, far away and there's, but then there's like the sad part. Cause before all this, we'd be there. But mm -hmm. in any case, I was like, I don't know anything about Bollywood. I'm going to go check out some Bollywood videos awesome. I'm a huge fan. And so what I just learned is that there's this gentleman named Salman Khan. He is a Bollywood dancer and he is amazing. He is muscle bound, huge guy. And I shared this with Chris yesterday to watch him shake his tushy is like a thing of beauty. It is a magical, <laughs> like he is so 
big and strong and he moves like a belt belly dancer. He's incredible. So if you're curious about Bollywood, check him out and watch the man shake his booty because it is. I love it. Beautiful. <laughs> That's great. That's great. I love that. Is it my turn? Yeah, I just want to say, you know, just like we were talking about how a conversation brings us all together. Dance also brings us all together too. And mm-hmm. that was, that was awesome, Aaron. And then congratulations, Chris, because 20 years is a really, really big accomplishment. And then for Lori, I'm getting booked at all sorts of conferences. So it's definitely <laughs> opening up and I'm just like, <laughs> holy, you know, yeah, awesome. <laughs> my, my uh, calendar is a little crazy, but I just learned. So we just started uh, donating to water.org. We, we donate to a variety of different causes, Kiva for entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. um, harvest 107 for food and uh, now more recently water.org. And so I recently just learned that they are empowering uh, people to be able to get their own fresh water through micro grants. So rather than going in and creating a well that people can have to walk to and spend time out of their day and out of their working environment that they're getting paid to do to go get fresh water, they're actually empowering people within communities to be able to um, get their own fresh water through a variety of different ways. And actually 90, I think something like 95% of those microgrants are being paid back and then recycled through and given to somebody else. And it's actually increasing the amount of good that they can do with fresh water mm. by doing it this way. And so recently just listened to Matt Damon on the Lewis Howes podcast um, talking about water.org and how they've really put it together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I think that the, the process and, and what they've come up with and how they're doing it and how they're empowering people mm-hmm. to do it um, is pretty incredible. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. They've been on the leading edge for a while and I haven't checked. I heard about them when I'd say like 10 or 12 years ago. So that's cool to hear that it's still very strong. And Matt Damon, he hasn't he been in since the beginning? Isn't he kind of one of the beginning? Uh he's definitely been a champion for a while. Um yeah. They're, they're kind of ramping up. They've, I think they've got a goal of reaching a billion or something like that. And they've already reached 37 million or something like that. People with fresh water, which is absolutely huge through what they've been doing. And, um, it's, it's incredible to learn about. So I would highly recommend going to check them out or listening to that episode. Um, yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Very much. Check it out for sure. Well, this is the end of our show. And I want to thank you so much, Sarah, for being here with us. Um, If people want to get in touch with you, what is the best place for them to do that? Yeah. So first of all, this has been absolutely amazing. This has been fun. You all three of you are doing amazing work and are incredible. And thank you so much for having me on. Um, If people want to connect with us, there is a whole slew 
like there's a list of ways to do that. Um, they can connect with me on LinkedIn. So Sarah Barnes Humphrey, let's talk supply chain on LinkedIn and YouTube kind of are our go-tos, but if you want a free copy of our supply chain dictionary, go to let's talk supply chain on Instagram and DM us talk one, and you can get a free copy. We've got let's talk supply chain.com. We've got the blended uh, LinkedIn page on LinkedIn as well. Um, we've got the blended page on let's talk supply chain.com for the podcast, or you can find let's talk supply chain or blended podcast anywhere that you subscribe to your podcast. Awesome. All great wow. resources. We're going to put yeah. them all in the show notes so people can have access to that as well. So again, thank you for being here. Terrific guest. And uh, that's it. Take it away, Lord. This wraps up today's broadcast. If you're looking to shake up the status quo at your organization or just want to connect with these broads, visit mfgbroadcast.com. Contact Lori Hybe for your strategic digital marketing initiatives. Contact Chris Harrington for OEM and aftermarket digital solutions. And contact Aaron Courtney for web-based solutions for your complex business problems. We've got a great offer specifically for our listeners. You can find more information about the offers and your hosts at mfgbroadcast.com.